Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Fine, whatever, I hit record. Fine. We're doing it. You sound so like you resigned. I resigned. Well, yeah. Oh, God. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Trying oh, to Be Better oh, podcast with Joel trying. and Steve. It's Sunday at noon-ish. Yeah, ish. Welcome. Glad you're Welcome. here. We're glad have you're here. Have a cup of coffee. Have a beverage. I have a cup of coffee. Oh, I need I, to shout. Uh, this is Bones Coffee. Are you familiar with the Bones brand of coffee? I do not. It's not mail from... order. It's delicious. We love Bones Coffee right Today's now. Today's episode drinking. brought to you by Bones Coffee. Yes, Made drinking... out of the bones of our inferiors bones right now i'm drinking s'mory time it tastes like s'mores oh it's chocolate. flavored yeah which normally i'm not too down with mm-hmm. but they have some really good flavors they have a holy cannoli um it's good if you've ever worked in any coffee industry and you've had to taint coffee with flavors. chemically flavored shit you will never drink for coffee again whatever man i like some chocolate raspberry oh yeah (laughs) i'm not a purist man i like what i like it's not even like i'm not even trying to be a pure like oh how could you do that to coffee it's literally the chemicals used are are so so potent because you i mean they have to be because they have to like you, you know little you have to use a little flavoring for a lot of coffee you know, yeah. like it has to, ha- it has to go a long way. And so the flavoring chemicals of and by themselves are so intense to your olfactory senses uh-huh. that like when, by the time you buy a pound of flavored Vienna strudel coffee or whatever, it smells great in your home. Uh-huh. But when you have to put it in coffee, oh, it's like, it's like, a, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It, I think Did you do that, that like at the coffee house or something. I did. We didn't do it at the coffee house because it came flavored. I mm-hmm. had to flavor freshly roasted coffee at this place called the Coffee Roaster in uh, where was that it? when it was you in were in Valley. California? Yeah, I worked there for a hot minute. So we, I would get there and I was starting to learn how to roast. Uh-huh. And so, like you, I'd get there at like five in the morning, and there was like ro- the flavors of roasted coffee is mm-hmm. so smoky and awesome. Yeah. And then he'd be like, "Hey, man, sorry, we got to make this." this batch you know flavored amaretto and it and we're both like and he was like yeah and i'm like oh god and then we oh (laughs) sorry it doesn't sound great joel's like literally wincing i just into the microphone and that's like i'm not here i'm not very well but i assure you he's wincing he's grimacing it's like there's like a a a reaction in my stomach with it it's like like i want to lurch because not because i don't like flavored coffee and i'm being a highfalutin asshole it's that once you you've ever avocado toast or something yeah if you actually have to you work with those flavorings it, you'll never want to again you know well i've never done that so i'm, I'm enjoying the shit out of my coffee. i'm glad i just want like, you to know that it's great in my heart of hearts i'm really glad you're enjoying it <laughs> i honestly am because i didn't really like flavored coffee anyway but every year I would go down to the coffee house and get a pound of Vienna strudel around Christmas time. Cause I literally think it tastes like Christmas, but oh, I can't do it. That's can't legit. Hmm. The coffee roaster in was it Van Nuys, California fucking ruined it for me. Well, whatever bones coffee is delicious and bones we love coffee. them. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by bones. And I'm also drinking a uh, Kirkland signature sparkling water lemon. You're double fisting it. I am double fisting because I kind of need the caffeine. We played last night and I'm a little I'm a little groggy. How'd the show go? It was great. Um, shout out to Broke Down Palace in Omaha, Nebraska. It's a they they call themselves a grateful red bar because uh, they, it's a it's a ostensibly a grateful dead sports bar. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was great. It's funky and uh, the people were all very nice and they treated us well. And uh, the 
I mean, the, I like the the establishment, and then the uh, patrons were great. Everybody had a mm-hmm. good time. We hooted and hollered and danced, and basically had a good time. You know, it was awesome. Yeah. Did you guys play for four hours straight? Uh, we played from well, we got a little late start. Um, sound guy showed up a little later than our expect what we thought when we were going to start. Last but, you in, know, it's, first it's, last in, first out. We were running, we were running on hippie time, you know, yeah, which is fine because yeah. nobody was worried about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, right. well, nobody here cares, so I'm just gonna hang out, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was cool, and uh, he had the his name was Craig, and he had actually built some of the sound system himself, like like home built speakers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, you know, it's the grateful, it's the grateful dead bar, and they're kind of audiophiles, so you know, we want it yeah. to be good. And I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Um. I didn't, the thing that I plugged my amp into was in a word suspect. <laughs> There's like this power strip hanging from a power strip that was all frayed. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to plug my stuff into this. You sure? You sure you want me to do this? Uh, you have insurance? I have it, insurance. It was, yeah, insurance? no, it ended up being fine. But yeah, I had a moment of like, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it ended up being great. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty good at what we do, which is kind of, it's nice just to be able to show up and, you know, rock the joint. I would, I can attest to that. Yeah. So I want to talk about the thing that you just did. The, uh, this mortal life also business. Oh, yeah. Play. yeah. Um, first of all, have, have you had some, um, <clears throat> for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Joel was just in a, a play down at the Carson theater at the lead center here in Lincoln called this mortal life also. And that line comes from, uh, an old hymn yes. called a mighty, my least favorite Christian hymn ever, which is saying a lot, a mighty fortress is our God. There you go. Um, but it's about a, uh, correct me anytime I'm wrong, but, okay. uh, uh, I have my buzzer a, ready. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a uh, wrong it's about a plot to overthrow Hitler um, from within the Nazi party. Um, so an act, yeah, it's an actually uh, so historically accurate description of, so the playwright, Nancy Shank, who is a local playwright, and this is like her first play, but this play has been in, in work, in working condition for like, it's been in rewrites and readings and stuff for the last six or seven years, Wow! but she's kind of a, always been fascinated by the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German Lutheran theologian pastor who got kind of mixed up because of his brother-in-law, whom I played Hans von Tuchnani. He got kind of wrapped up in the, in the Nazi party and was a part of the plot to arrest. And then the part of the plot to assassinate Adolf Hitler. Um, but it was kind of like, she always wanted to write a play about, Bonhoeffer but it's Mm -hmm. like he's got such a wide breadth of you know story so she was kind of fascinated about his decision to not like he left Germany Mm -hmm. during the Nazi regime but then chose to come back because he's like I'm leaving my people behind you know super intense so anyway that's yeah it's about a specific sort of few years of his life where he got recruited by my character his brother-in-law to who was an obver, which is essentially, you know, uh, Nazi CIA military intelligence. He, I would, my character was a part of the obver working with the chief of the obver to arrest. And then when they realized that wasn't going to happen because they didn't have support from the allies, they were just, right. gonna, they were just going to take Hitler out and that didn't work. They tried two or three times and that didn't work. That's Mike. My character went to was arrested eventually. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just totally usurped your description. No, go, go, go. But my character, Hans von Dachnani and his wife, Christelle von Dachnani, were arrested by the SS because they were caught with a, a, a minor clerical error um, uh, rescuing 14 Jewish people and getting them out. Um, and uh so when i would my character was in this is a real when hans von Dachnani were was in a camp or you know prison he he uh he asked his wife christelle to go get him 
some a, a disease of some sort and poisoned himself so Truly. that everything he said and would say was um uh they couldn't they couldn't trust it really yeah they like some sort of disease that sort of was known to affect cognitive ability like mind wastage yeah pretty much he poisoned really? himself. so she ran down to the corner shop and picked this up apparently got it from a doctor he got himself sick on a visit or something that's and, amazing and he he took all of the his little cabal's network secrets to the grave him. yep wow yeah i mean that's i mean to me i would have thought like the cyanide route or something like that you no know? it wasn't instant it was something like it was it was specific so that even if they could pull a thread of what he said, they were they doubted it because they weren't sure of what he said so was he, true or not. He even his last days, his last act was to confound those fuckers. Correct. Wow. He's a real OG anti-fascist. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this play, she wrote this play to sort of you know pinpoint this time and D- it was mostly around dietrich bonhoeffer i mean sure it wasn't it wasn't about my character although with but without my you were the, your character was a catalyst yeah without without my character in this specific play none of those events of that story would have happened you know but you know it well, was I really just, about I mean, bonhoeffer you know i thought it was just a really well done production everybody acted with aplomb you know yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I really enjoyed, I didn't enjoy, but I was intrigued by the, uh, I don't remember the man's name, the, the Nazi priest person. Oh, uh, uh, hair heckle hair heckle. Yes. And watching his, um, um, whatever descent or ascent into the Nazi party as his, as his costumes changed and became more. Mm-hmm. Um, festooned with Nazi imagery and that sort of thing. And that was the thing that struck me when I read the play months ago was that the device that the playwright used to show the escalation of the Nazi party was using essentially Dietrich Bonhoeffer's supervisor as mm, because, yes. you know, then there, all of a sudden there was the Nazi church, like right. you know that, that scene where you start hearing all that, like uh, german chanting Mm -hmm. that was actually germans reciting the um the third reich's bible they rewrote the bible wow (laughs) yeah well that was you know it was hitler and jesus were the yeah those two are just arm in arm well yeah he was like they had to profess hitler as the the next uh the messiah yeah that he was Hitler's, he was Germany's Christ. It was weird. That would never happen here. <clears throat> no, it can't happen here. Can't happen here. Yeah, that is very sobering. Yeah, a few parallels. Well, that's that's the like. There has been a lot of like the community response. Like even my my mom was very moved by it because she was like, "This is what's going on now." Like mm-hmm. the invasion of Ukraine happened while we were in. Uh, rehearsals. Yep. And there were a couple of things that Nancy was going to take out of the play just to kind of clean it up, but then nope. she left in because Good. of that event. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of got as an actor, you get, you get kind of, you put blinders on, like I have a job to do. I have to, mm-hmm. I have to learn this stuff. I have to do what the director wants. I kind of have to stay in this lane and yeah, there's some research, but I kind of just have, which was, we can talk about that was a freeing experience for me as an actor again, was to just kind of do that. But sure. so I didn't really, you don't really think about the effect that it's going to have on a community. Mm-hmm. But then after we started oh. showing it to people, everybody was like, Oh my God, this is happening right now. And we're like, Oh fuck. It kind of is, you know, not kind of real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I so, thought it was interesting to what I was thinking about. I mean, obviously the entire production was thought provoking, but Herr Heckel's thing of like this deal of like he's getting his he is ascending he is getting promoted he is living a very good life 
And so I got to say that Hitler's God. I, I'm good with that. Yeah. Totally fine with that. He has a line about that, which I think is kind of sums up fascism. It's like, you have to just say it. doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. Just say right. it. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of scary. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you'll get elected. You get elected if you say this shit or you'll, you know, if you sign on with the thing, that's pure evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to hell with all those other poor yeah. schlubs. Yeah. We're getting ours. Exactly. And yeah, maybe we'll have to, you know, incinerate a million or so people, you know, life is too short for integrity, man. Life is too sh- Right. Yeah. And we can't be bothered with them. In fact, you know what? They're kind of inconvenient. Yeah. A combination of inconvenient and a really great scapegoat. Yeah, it, so I just, just, you know, put them all in ovens. <laughs> I was, oh, I was not prepared for the parallels, you know? Yeah. Um, but well, it was, was really, one, go ahead. There was one scene at the be. I think it was kind of towards the beginning where you, your character kind of goes off on Bonhoeffer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's. That's, I think, I mean, he's acting, but not entirely. <laughs> that Kirsten said the same thing. She's like, uh, I can pretty much know where you got that research. It was right around, I don't know, 2016, 2017. Yeah. She's like, I've heard you rant like that in our living room. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like, yeah, my, yeah, I had, I had notes along that line in that speech. It's like, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. And, and one one night the director was like, because I don't know if I was not really kind of uncorking the bottle yet, you know, with that, because uh-huh. it's like this whole speech where I just go off because he's like, I don't want to be paid by the, I, you know, because oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he's true. He was like, I'm friend. in, but I don't really want to be a part of it. And I don't really want to take pay from these people. And I'm like, you don't fucking nobody wants to do this, right. you know, like and it's just like this is, you know, it's it's horrible what's happening. I'd rather be doing all these other things, but I have to be doing this. I have to fight this desperate you know fucking insane dictator and uh i'm like that sounds it and and one night in rehearsal timothy our director was just like he just came up to me before that scene and he was like let it rip nice let it it rip and i i went i it was i was frothing at the mouth i was drooling it was like it was like you don't know where i'm you don't know where i was trained motherfucker i can go if you right. want to say go, I will go. <laughs> and everybody in the room was like, that, this just became something else. And I'm, and he's like, yeah, okay. Now we're going to craft this. <laughs> Cause I was That's just like, so funny, you know, right. But it was really cathartic. Release, sure. the, release the Kraken. Exactly. That's essentially what he's, he's like. Uncork, uncork it. I'm like, okay, you want to see, you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. That's, that's right. Let's do this. <laughs> oh God. That's great. It was really nice to be in. And again, like you said, every you know everybody was professional and everybody was, or you know, all the actors were on point. Like that was that was the best part of this whole process. Was the the play was great and getting to do that role was amazing. But the cool part was that everybody was consummate professionals. Sure, you know there was no, for lack of a better way to put it, there was no drama in the drama department. Oh. Everybody was great. Everybody was professional. We all had a job to do. We were all sure. getting paid. You know, it right. was like no, no BS. It was very professional, very encouraging. I, I told Kirsten after the first week of rehearsal, I was like, you know, the great thing about a professional rehearsal process is that nobody's there to, um, Nobody feels obligated to give you praise or validate you. You just, you're, you validate yourself walking in the room, right? You have a job to do, do that. And here you were hired to do the job. So there's that. Yeah. You were, you were the right person for the, for the job, do the job. Mm -hmm. It's not like it was cold and, and shitty. It was just like, yeah, nobody, if you were struggling, people let you struggle and like, trusted that you were going to get through that scene or learn that line or you know the Mm only the only the only punishment you were going to get was if you decided to punish yourself about whether it was working or not or it was it was just a really lovely professional environment too which i think lent the show to be a success in my mind 
So who like produced that? Who was the promoter? I guess maybe I'm not using the right terms. No, I produced. So the production company that was that angels theater angels theater company that start was started by Judy Hart and somebody else. And I don't know their name 20 year, 20 plus years ago um, in Lincoln. They've been around forever. Um, And I've worked with them tangentially here and there over the years. Um, It's now under different leadership. Judy Hart, who is an amazing woman has stepped down and I think retired from that, but she's still sort of maybe on the board, Mm -hmm. but that company has done a very good job over the years of fostering and encouraging new plays. Uh So they have, they have like monthly salon reading series. They have like what they, I think every year they do this thing called first flight, which is staged readings of new plays Uh um, that get an audience. And I think this is one of those that was like kind of birthed from that writing group that kind of had had wheels, had traction. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, this could be a really great thing. And obviously, weirdly, there's an audience for, I guess maybe it's just the Germanic Midwest settlement of Lutherans in this part of the world. <laughs> but it's like people have a real taste for Bonhoeffer, you know? Like never heard a, of him until never heard of him until last Friday. I think I, Saturday, I have only because of my theological upbringing, but yeah, it's like, but there's like Bonhoeffer scholars, you know, people that's like, you know, I think the person, the guy that uh, the retired president of Nebraska Wesleyan University was uh, facilitating the talkbacks after every show. He's like a Bonhoeffer expert. Huh? Yeah, I think. Or somebody was, you know, so there's like, yeah, there's a there's a real there's a real audience for Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That was my fact of the day. Yeah. I had no idea. Although I will say that I hope that thing gets turned into a major motion picture. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I'd love the role. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think that uh, I have read I have read worse scripts that got published. Sure. Let's put it that way. I I I think that whether she wants to turn it into a film or not, but it, I think she if she well I think whatever the, you know some a large arena. Yeah, I think I think I mean I think that it's one of those plays that could get picked up or published and then produced around the country, you know. Sure. Um well I think it's I, it's an important story and I guess I had no idea that Herr Bonhoeffer was as, you know, um popular whatever studied as he is. Like I said, I mean, not that I'm a World War II scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's most well known for his his theological writing more mm. so than this event. I mean, I think it's just like everybody in Germany at that time got sucked in one way or another or rejected it one way or another or were killed one way or another. Well, how how could you not? Right. And he chose I mean, he's his he had way more privilege and options than I think that play really I mean, he could have left. I mean, the English government was like British government was like, yeah, well yeah, we'll we put you, you come on. Yeah, we'll put you to work at Oxford. Right. We'd We're, love to have you. We'd love to have you. And we'll save your life. So don't go back to Germany because it's a fucking shit show there. And he's like, I think I'm gonna go back. <laughs> but like he he uh yeah, he he already made a huge name for himself with his writings and his theology. Like he was kind of a a rat not radical. Yeah, he was kind of radical. He was more like you guys are twisting the gospel into ways it shouldn't be twisted kind of guy. You know, he's kind of a, a good one like that. Right. And that got him a lot of attention all over the world. You like know, prior thought, to Hitler? Wait, yeah, prior to Hitler. He was, hmm. uh, he was, you know, he taught at major universities. He taught in the United States. He taught in... Oh, so he was one of those liberal elites. He was a liberal elite for sure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's like, you know, Germany... That that I mean, you want to talk about some similarities, though, like I I have a speech where I tell him. We have to I, one of my lines is we have to save our nations of we have to save our nation of poets and thinkers. That is an actual Germanic phrase like poets and thinkers. I can't say it in German. I don't know it, but they before the Third Reich had a real celebration of like just, you know, Art intellectual fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's 
Uh, that was in the, what do you call it? The libretto, the book, the thing that you get when you walk in. What do you call that? The program the bill. Playbill. Yeah. There was a little piece on that in there, mm-hmm. which I, which was helpful to me. Yeah. Um, just that Berlin was a very progressive city mm-hmm. and, you know, art kind of reigned mm-hmm. and thought and just thinking about like, well, how can we be better Oh, ding, ding, ding. Today's, today's trying to be better uh, catchphrase brought to you by Bones, the bones of our enemies. Bones coffee. Drink bones. <laughs> but that, and yeah, I mean, that's, uh, we're certainly seeing some backlash against about that in, in our country currently. Anti-intellectualism. Anti-intellectualism. Yeah. Like, why would, don't be smart, be violent. Don't be smart, be violent. Right. I mean, there's our catchphrase, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of where that was. Rob Bell was talking about that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. A few months ago that like we as a nation had kind of gone and not the I'm getting the weeds here, but that part of like once a, once a society gets to a certain point where it's like basic needs are met, then you can think about things like, you know, have like a renaissance. Mm-hmm. And you can have art flourishing. You can have free thought. You can have um, just the freedom to create, to progress. To, yes, exactly. And that um, one of the goals of well, pick somebody, whether it's Putin or our former president or whatever, is to destabilize our society to the point that we go back a few steps to just a, a, a feudal tribal warring state where that's all it is. is just, you know, Hatfields and McCoys writ large. And it's just people fighting people because they hate each other for stupid reasons. And then art and intellectualism and all that just goes straight down the shitter. We were, I mean, yeah, because if, if you have a, if you have a nation of people that are empowered enough to create, and this is getting a little philosophical, then they're tapping into the, the nature of the universe or the nature of God. And if, mm-hmm. and if, and the universe is infinitely expanding as we speak. Yes. So the, yeah, the DNA of, of life is expansion and progress. And that scares people that want to play God. Ooh, right. Yes. Right. Yeah. We have to, we gotta, we gotta clamp down on that. Yep. Because then people might realize that I'm just a loud mouth with a bunch right. of money. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to control people that are empowered to create. Yes. Because yes. then they, yeah. And it's like, that's, that's what I think this transphobia and homophobia and, yes. and the attack on women's bodies right now in legislation yes. is all about. Yes, it is. Agreed. It's that's, couched. That's- it, it's couched in a bunch of other bullshit, especially the, the anti, I mean, we are turning into the fucking handmaid's tale right now in some mm-hmm. States and it's coming to Nebraska for sure. Yo, yeah. But the demand to fucking take control of women's bodies is purely based on this fear that if people have freedom like that and we can't oppress them with pregnancy, then, you know, we can't keep people poor. Right. We can't, we can't keep people, you know, like if, if, if we don't do that, then, you know, then, but it's couched in this bullshit morality. That's not right. Which has always been a total sham. A hundred percent. It's always been a sham. The moral majority, all of that. I mean, it's always mm-hmm. been a sham. Mm-hmm. They go, <laughs> you know, Jimmy swagger. Right. Right. <laughs> Jim and Tammy Faye, <laughs> Pat Roberts and all those guys. Um, if uh, we, I, Okay realistically well I'll, I'll get to the trans phobia bullshit here in a second but if men could get pregnant uh-huh if men could get pregnant we uh-huh. would have a very different fucking situation. oh yeah 100 percent. yeah okay that you know i was thinking about i listened to you know we ran the rerun a couple of weeks ago and i talking about uh current co- congressional candidate jazari qual yeah we're, we're talking about the thing where he, n- n- he didn't ask permission from anybody to become a journalist 
Right. He just did. Right. And that, well, you can't do that. And he's like, why not? Why not? <laughs> I have, I have, I have a fucking TV studio in my pocket. Right. Like, why yeah, why can't I? Why, I, why can't I do that? Yeah. And that's the sort of thing that, you know, the uh, entrenched powers that be do not want to happen. No. Why can't I run for Congress? Right. Exactly. I'm, you know, it, and that's the beauty of like, you need a certain amount of audacity. Sure. The audacity to do something like that. Right. You know, and that's, the, yeah. I listened to that conversation with Alok. Um, Alok uh, Menom. Oh, gosh. I'm going to ruin his. There. Well, that was, so, I mean, Alok was so, um, they were so, what am I trying to say? The points that they were making were so profound, just one right after the other, that the talk show hosts they were on, they, they were, they had nothing to say. They could, they were speechless. And that's literally the- speechless, which for a bunch of, you know, talking audio heads. Yep. I found that endlessly amusing because I could relate. Like, I don't even know what to say to that. Alok V Menon. Yeah, there you go. They are that, a, a, an, an incredible, they're a poet, they're an activist, they're a, all the things, but they, yeah, I, I, I shared it on the Instagram page, but I might share it again. It's the, um, what is it? The man enough podcast. Yeah, man enough Justin podcast. Baldini. yeah. And that podcast had all of the trappings of kind of a corporate funded uh, slickness, you yeah. know? Yeah. And to have a local would just say these things of the three hosts were just. <laughs> My favorite thing is they they also i i just need to get better at pronouns so they yes. also were on um uh glennon doyle's podcast and it was so funny because they're you know they are just like i i told kirsten i was like alok is when i listen to alok speak and they get on those kind of momentous com- mm-hmm. they're just sort of just really riffing I feel like I'm sitting at the feet of a Buddha. Hundred percent. I had or the same a, experience. Or a Christ. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, and I don't, I don't, I'm not deifying them, but I'm right. saying that they are willing to say things to the masses that are, are yes. totally leaves you speechless. Yes. And so, on the on the Glenn and Doyle podcast, they are like just spitting that game, and they're like, we have to take a break, and it's like buy an Acura, and I was like, ah, you just undid it. <laughs> Acura. That's right. Yeah. The message brought to you by Acura and Hyundai and, <laughs> bon- Hyundai and Bones Coffee and Sonic Drive-Ins. Ooh, yeah. I could use an ocean water trip right about now. There you go. So anyway, but that yeah. uh, Alok's, I loved when they said uh, just that <sighs> you something to the effect of, and I'm obviously going to blow this, but like, if you think what the trans rights are just about, you know, some queer or whatever, it's absolutely not. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely relates to your freedoms that we're fighting. We, the trans community are actually fighting for the straight community's rights too. that. It's all connected. And it's it's like all connected. You just don't see it. Yeah. You don't see it because, because it's, it seems foreign to you, but there's nothing more essential and, and in line with you being allowed to exist. Right. If you don't allow trans and queer folks to exist in public, that is a direct hit on your freedoms. Absolutely. Both. um, Well, spiritually Mm -hmm. and practically. Practically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's and just, I think it's, that it's just, it's just the, it's just the first wave. Uh, it's an easy, it's low hanging fruit, mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's low hanging fruit to, to make it okay to, you know, to have families turn in their trans kids. Right. Like what the hell kind of slippery slope do you think that's starting? That is scary as fuck. Right. Like to have neighbors turn, hey, I think my neighbor has a trans kid. It's basically people not see how incredibly dangerous that is. It's giving the power. It's giving the PTA in some South fucking public school system, the ability to enact crystal knocked. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And like, that's the thing that bothers me the most. It's like, well, we don't have to legislate them. We'll just, we'll just allow the general public to self-police self-police women that want to get abortions yep and people that are trans queer lesbian gay all of it Mm -hmm. and so that we don't have to actually we we just pass the fascism onto their fears right it's 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 the uh it's kind of like the uber model of fascism (laughs) it's 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 fascism in a gig economy yeah it's exactly what it is (laughs) we don't even actually have to like deal with the infrastructure of that nope. we'll just we don't have to pass- deal with the infrastructure of the fascism we'll pass that on to the individual they're already scared and racist and yeah. all of that we'll and just give them the power because they yeah. have guns obviously because right. we've allowed That's them to just, have all they need is for somebody to say actually it's okay to go kill them actually you know what it's tapping into their innate weird fantasy about being a fucking cowboy right yeah kind of yeah like I know you've always wanted the wild west and you right. pretend to be in the wild west, right? So we're just going to let you be the wild west. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to deputize you yeah. to be judge, jury and executioner. So knock yourself out. Yep. That's, that's, that's what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately a substantial pro- pro- proportion percentage of our population is like sweet. Yeah. I've been waiting. Finally, I've been I, well. Obviously, I've been waiting because, for this moment my entire life. Yeah, I've been I've been salivating about overturning an election, but you know, it'd be really nice if I could just kill people I don't understand. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I don't understand. I don't know the solution to that. I mean, I, maybe it is more legislation, but I don't know what else it is. It's like, and then this is the this is the interesting thing. Not that I want to downplay or co-opt somebody's lived experience but it's like mm-hmm. do we all have to claim i mean do we confound the system then and just say well we're all allies we're all trans we're all this we're all getting abortions like what are you going to do if we're all doing this like i don't i don't know what the fucking solution I don't is see that happening but it's like i i can't i can't hide from that and the government obviously is not going to do anything because they're terrified to legislate that because right. it'll be, yeah, I don't know. It's a third rail. It's a total third rail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, when again, a substantial proportion of our federal government is completely fascist. Um, that's a dangerous situation to be in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I feel for the, I feel for those, I feel for kids. I feel for the right. trans and queer kids in Florida who were like one day they walk, they one day they woke up and said, school is the one place I can be me. Right. And the Not next anymore. day is right. I can't be me there. Right. Because my parents may know, or the guidance counselor is a fucking bigot or, you yeah, know, yeah. I can't, mm-hmm. I, it's not no and safe like, space. No. But again, it all goes back to kind of the cruelty is the point. It always has been. Right. Just to be cruel, just cruel to to prop up the uh, incredibly fragile ego of white male toxic masculinity. Yep. But it all goes back need, to like, I need something to hate. Right around the time that um, uh, same sex marriage became the law of the land. There was a lot of language like, well, if you don't like, if you don't like same sex marriages, don't get same sex married. Right. <laughs> right. If, it's if you don't simple, like abortions, really. don't get an abortion. Right. If you it's don't like, if you don't like trans, don't be trans, but like allow, like oh. what is more, I'm sorry. What is more American than letting somebody dress, be, live? However, how does that affect you? But see, that's just it is that America's never actually been about that. (laughs) Right. You're right. My, my, my senior year government teacher, we've talked about it before. John P. McManaman. I hope you're out there and doing well. Is he, where's he at? Is he around? Is he alive? We got to find him. I want to know know. what he's. Yeah. Okay. Me too. But he, this is something that's always stuck with me is, uh, you can say what you want in America. Just so long as you watch what you say. Yeah. 
that's always stuck with me. And he's that was hundred percent correct. You but can I, you can yell belligerently about my freedoms, but if you talk about trans rights, it's a not it's a no go. Yeah, I well, I'm here to say that I am in full support of trans rights, gay rights, abortion rights, women's health rights. I'll say it right here. And That's can- what I, I think the women's health rights is the overarching issue. It's so fucked, man. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a war on women. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It's it. I mean, nothing could be more. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the difficult thing is that you can't, uh, you can't worship freedom and not allow freedom to be free. Sure you, you can. This I mean, I know you can, but that's you're then you're creating your own denial and you're going to suffer from that. Yes. But the solution to that is more repression. <laughs> If yeah. we can just, if we can, if we can turn more people into them, that's the solution. Mm. We'll just otherize more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we'll really ratchet down the, the, the ones that it's easy to pick on to be bullies. It's just, basically. It's just so funny. Cause like the, the people that are waving the sneaky, no steppy flags, like as Colin so eloquently puts the don't tread on me. It's like, if you're not, you have, you can't Don't tread on me, but I'm sure shit going to tread on you a hundred percent. And yeah, you I'm gonna should step be on tread. your throat. I'm going to yeah. put a boot on your throat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, don't tread on me. What they don't see outside of the frame of that flag is the snake's tongue licking a big black boot. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> love the memes that were going around a few weeks ago of that snake with the things is I don't understand how gas prices work. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah, Yeah, but to tie it back to the play, it's like, you know, uh, yeah, you I mean, I I find a lot of inspiration from somebody who's willing to say I am going to not just publicly be a pacifist and get arrested and killed. I am going to sign up for the fuck show and Mm -hmm. corrode it from within from within. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's you just like I'm going to turn it. That's what the fascists in our government think they're doing. <laughs> that's what they think they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're corroding from within. Who's pulling it's, the strings then? The, cor- a, the corporations? Um, yeah, the the uh, the point zero one percent. Yeah. Because, again, that's the goal is just destabilization. Yeah. The people at that level don't give a fuck about countries or allegiances or anything like that. That's not because they have enough money to be stable. So if everything else is unstable, they're totally fine. And that and that's kind of the goal is to keep things unstable. Mm. As long as the poor, which is everybody making less than $10 million a year. <laughs> yeah, right. Keep, yeah. Keep fighting each other. They got nothing to worry about. Right. Yeah, and the people making nine hundred ninety-nine million, or you know, whatever, yeah. just under that, they, let them think they're running the show. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I envision it, anyway. That's based on all of my education that Hollywood has given me. <laughs> really makes the case for you know leaving this dimension and going to Zorgon, doesn't it? That's what. Well, I, that case has already been made for me, Joel. <laughs> like I'm, I'm totally on board. You just have a few more, apparently some more tasks to do in, in this mortal life also. Nice. I, and, and, you know, I, I disparage the title of that hymn, a mighty fortress is our God, but I do believe in taking refuge in spiritual principles. Absolutely. You know, like a pr- to protect me from getting just spun out on the world's fucking craziness. Is that's been refuge. the only refuge. That's it. Yeah. That's and been that's, the only refuge. And we've said it here before. Like that's the only, the only real the only real uh, act of rebellion you can do is to be uh, not at war with yourself. Agreed. And to be, and to be okay. That yeah. is a radical act right now. Is it to is. Be okay. I agree. That's the epitome of think globally, act locally. Yeah. I, yeah. It is totally a, a radical act to take care of oneself right now. 
taking a nap is a radical act right now. Well, in that case, I'm fixing to just be complete radical. Me too, man. Yeah. Well, did we do it? I guess. I'll, I will say thank you for asking me about the play. I was kind of like, I maybe I wanted to be kind of, I just want to say nope. this. It, it was, <laughs> it was incredibly wonderful to be in a, to, to, to be in a theater and oh, to have, and to feel like you, you get to experience this with your band. Like mm-hmm. I haven't experienced being in front of an audience in a long time, besides wow. my poor students who are paying to be there. Right. They have to see the, the, the stand-up act that is my lectures sometimes, <laughs> but I got to just, you know, craft a role and, and I, and I, there was a lot of self-doubt, but I, I want to give mm. a shout out to previous guest Armando McLean. Cause I mm. texted with him a little bit and he, he would randomly text me and I would be in rehearsal thinking about shit. And he'd just be like, are you enough? Like, oh yes. Yes. yes Armando, Armando. I am enough. Yeah. 10 points for Armando. That's right? awesome. And, and ah! dude, like, it felt so good to just like work on a role and, and, and be in a theater and be in front of a, a packed house for six, seven shows. It, it was, it, it was really, really wonderful. It was really nice to be in rehearsal with adults. Right. Yeah, sure. Sorry to any of my students that are listening maybe, but I'm just like, it was really nice to just be an actor and just show mm-hmm. up and do my job. And, and um, that was really, really a lovely experience. And I'm, and, and I'm proud of myself. Like somebody asked me like, like, how do you feel? And I'm like, you know what? I feel really proud. I'm really proud that this thing, you know, came together and that it wasn't a total nightmare. And no, so it was describing a total nightmare, but yeah, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was uh, a big shout out to angels theater company. Go support whatever they do support Mm -hmm. local theater. I, I, I get a lot of people that are like, I'd like to do theater. How do I get involved? I'm like angels theater. Omni Arts, mm-hmm. Lincoln Community Playhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's tons of opportunities. So, yeah, it felt really good. So, thanks for giving space to chat about it, Steve. Of course. Well, I it was a that was a good. Um, it was a good. <coughs> excuse me. It was a good experience for me. I'll leave it at that. I'm glad you came. Thanks yeah, for supporting. Too. Of course. All right. Well, I think I'm gonna head to Sonic and then take a nap. Nice. Uh, yeah. Get get a bunch of sugar. That's actually helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Like if you ever want to take a nap quick, like eat Sugar. some candy and then pass the fuck out. Sure. That's my yeah. plan. Yeah. My, uh, my one o'clock plans got, got derailed. So I'm going to play some Zelda and take a nap. Sounds awesome. So it sounds like a nice little Sunday. Nice little Sunday. Yep. Um, follow us on Instagram at trying to be better podcast. Email the show, please. Even oh, though the- dude, we got email. What? Yeah mail time from uh well past guests jack and dave oh what'd they say <laughs> they were sending email <laughs> oh jesus there's nothing in there just like <laughs> hey here's an email kind of dave's i don't know if i can bring it up yeah it was yeah it was they were funny let's see oh jack says uh wall of forever was briefly mentioned on an early episode but only for a minute also, I'd like to identify myself as one in favor of the time change just because it's weird. <laughs> Fuck you, Jack. That's horrible. They're got, they're, they, it passed the house that they're going to get rid of daylight savings. It passed Love the house. It. I hope it happens. I hope it does, too, because it's stupid. <laughs> and You're wrong, says, Jack. Dave says, hi, guys. I just want to show my support by sending this email. This email is a vote for your awesomeness. I look forward to your show every week. And this email signifies my appreciation. This email equals thank you. Each time I use the word email counts as a separate email. So this counts as many emails. So when you get to the not getting any emails segment, you can now say you have received 10 mails. 10 thanks, for, thanks for the 10 emails. Right. Dave, Plus, I Jack, so that's 11. So we received 11 emails. We got 11 emails. Uh, our email address is ttbb podcast gmail.com yep uh we do need to talk about wall of forever at some point we do that's another podcast that is another podcast yep i'm gonna keep on loving you though i'm gonna keep on loving you too (laughs) all right man all right man talk to you later bye
Don't forget, toot your hooter.